when you care too much. Yeah. It's like, what like, is wrong okay, with caring? Okay. Yes, I it's, care it's, it's, too it's, much. It sounds like you need to set boundaries, maybe, right? Care all that you can care. Be yeah. the most giving person. Just yeah. also care about yourself enough That's to have self worth and have boundaries. Right. Right. Yeah. Because if you don't have boundaries, then anybody could take advantage of you. But oh, at the yeah. end of the day, I want to be a giver. I would just pour and pour and pour into other people and and put myself last and like really focus on my career and I was so there and I realized I had tied so much of my worth into my success in my career just into the value that I could be to other people instead of like to myself yes yeah you go to therapy and you work on it and then you're good <laughs> right and it's fine now but like and but that's what's tough like when you do care but now I, I've had friends that are like so you need to not care so much and I'm like no that is what makes me special I think you know, in all aspects of life. Like, I'm never going to apologize for caring too much. What's up, everybody? My name is Brazil, and welcome to my podcast. As you know, every week we interview creatives in the entertainment industry um, of all kinds. You know, musicians, uh, comedians, filmmakers, dancers, creative directors. You know, I just love connecting with people that make art. I grew up around it. My whole life revolves around it. And today's guest is a Grammy-nominated vocal producer, engineer and vocalist, and a dad joke aficionado, an amateur salsera. Her name is Simone Torres. What's up, Simone? Hey, happy to be here. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm fantastic. Let's start talking about dad jokes. Okay, great. Oh man, am I supposed to just tell a dad joke now? Yeah, put you in the spot right now. Ooh, I didn't come prepared with the dad joke. Shoot. I knew it. See, why is it that like dad jokes, dad jokes are like a thing that are contextually funny. That's exactly right? what it is because it's, it's bad puns. Yes. Yes. And it's not, it's not just like, okay, let me just tell a joke out of nowhere. No, it's right. context based. Yes. And it's like, where's the situation where I can make it terrible? Exactly. Yeah. See, for me as a, well, where are you from? New York. But uh, uh, like... Heritage-wise? Um, Puerto Rican. Okay, cool. So you speak Spanish? Mediocrely. Medi oh, really? <laughs> That's why you said amateur salsera. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because, you know, as an immigrant, for me, a lot of the words, the way they blend in together in yeah. English and how things have double meanings, yeah. it's just so easy to confuse them. Oh, that's true. And maybe I was kind of dyslexic as a kid to where, like, that jokes to me just feel so natural. Like, that's I true. just feel compelled to just mix things around sometimes. Yeah. You know? Like, I love saying plans like a sound. Instead of sounds like a plan. Is that oh, really a dad yeah. joke? But I just that like kind of flipping is. things around. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. things that people are just like. <laughs> like <laughs> that's, that's the goal. And then you're just like. <gasps> right. It's like saying, you know, is tomorrow Thursday or was yesterday Tuesday? Like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's the reaction that you want from like a proper joke like that. It's yeah. great. It's something about that. Right. It's like. I, I, I think about that sometimes. Like, what is humor? Yeah. Like, like, what does it even mean? Like. Do animals make jokes? No, they only play around, right? But like, why yeah. is it that we evolved to have humor? And 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 know. what does it do? Because like, I love comedy. Yeah, me too. Oh my god! Like yeah. laughing. Like last night, I went to go see my buddy perform with uh, Dan Cook, and nice. I haven't seen Dan Cook in forever. And oh, literally, I saw him recently too. Oh, he crushed yeah, it. Yeah, so funny. He did so good. Like, where did you go? At the Improv. Hollywood, Hollywood Improv. Improv. Yeah, that's yeah. where I saw Dan Cook too. Yeah. Oh my God. I love yeah. that there's like an entire industry dedicated to making people laugh. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the best. And Bo Burnham is like my spirit animal. Oh, I yeah. love him so much. And then there's also this band that I just found called Wolves of Glendale. It's my friend Tom's band, and their musical comedy. And they're all such talented musicians separately and jointly. Like the drummer of the band used to tour with Sam Smith. And like they're all like very accomplished musicians that decided to make this comedy music project. And it's 
awesome. It's so funny. I love it. Yeah, I okay. love it. You know, and it's <laughs> like, um, I think there's this old mentality of like art not being a real job. Yeah, right? I guess. But it's like the whole point of making money is to go enjoy things that yeah. are like artistic-ish. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like everybody's dreams. Like, okay, cool. I'm, right. I'm going to be a baller. Then I'm going to go do this thing, which exactly. is probably made by an artist. It's yeah. like... It, it, it's it's a magnification of yeah. like the beauty of life. You yeah, know? but I think it's because people think that things like music, comedy, art, like those are such enjoyable things. So to make it a career can't be a job because like here, especially like in America, people think like job is associated with like something I have to do to make money versus something that I feel like not everyone, unfortunately, is like super passionate about their jobs yeah. here um, or about their careers, but they do it for to afford a lifestyle that they want, to support their family, whatever. But I feel like we're very fortunate to work in an industry that like we love what we do yeah. every day. Like, and now how did you get into it. it? How did you get into becoming a professional yeah. person in the music world? Yeah, so it was, it was interesting. So I started um, singing when I was nine. I had an entertainment company with my dad. So my dad uh, used to like rap and stuff when he was growing up with like Bismarcky and stuff. Oh, okay. So he was in the game. Yeah. But like also, no, it was just like in a small town in Patchogue, like just, you know, the big Puerto Rican community, just like doing that. And then, so he's a parole officer and they had cut his overtime at work and he was like, okay, how can I start making extra money again? And so he's like, let me try DJing and like performing. And so once he started doing that, um, he literally took me to this lady at a karaoke shop, had me sing for her in a corner and be like, is she talented? <laughs> like, can she join in the me? the karaoke shop. Yeah. yeah. When that existed, because it was like CDs are still around and like mm -hmm. dating myself for sure. Um, but yeah, so did that. And then, so I started gigging at weddings, corporate events and restaurants from when I was nine until I went to college with my dad. Oh, every so he weekend. would be DJing the, the wedding. So he would be DJing, but also singing. So he would sing and then I would sing. We'd like switch off songs Aww. or like do duets. I was like a tiny person, um, obviously. <laughs> nine years old, you're a tiny person. But yeah, so started doing that until college. And so I always knew that music, I wanted to have a career in music, but I didn't know exactly what that was going to be. Because if you think about going to school for music, the, at least what I knew at the time was either you're a music teacher or you go into the music business as like an executive route or A&R or something like that. Right. I had no idea about all the other career options that existed in the industry, especially what I do now. I didn't know existed. Um, and so initially I wanted to go to school for music business because I was like, I know I just don't want to be a music teacher. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I will do the business side. That's fine. Um, and I went to Berkeley and then while I was there, um, I did the music business program and then I got an internship and I just was doing that internship and I was like, I don't feel fulfilled in this creatively because that whole time, so I started gigging when I was nine and I was gigging like twice a week until college. And then in college, I started gigging with different bands for weddings and And this whole time, your family, they, they felt that music could be a real career. Yeah, I was lucky. My family, ne well... My, there was definitely extended family that some of them, but it's the exception mm -hmm. was that were the people that didn't like believe in that for me. I could like probably like two people. Right. But like my immediate family, my grandparents, my other aunts and uncles, everyone was just like supportive. Yeah. Uh, which was really amazing. So I'm really That's grateful. very rare. A lot of artists don't have parents. They're like, sure, go sing. <laughs> I know. And I think, I don't know why it was. I think also because my dad, you know, he ended up in a career as first generation here. 
uh, well, yeah, he came here. He was born in Puerto Rico. He came here um, just doing what he had to to, like, support us. And so I think they just wanted us to, you know, do what we loved and find something that we loved to be able to do for the rest of our lives. Yeah, to make his sacrifice worth it, right? Yeah. Like, if he's putting all that work to live the Ameri- yeah. for the family to live the American dream, might yeah. as well try it. Yeah, and, like, the, the thing is, like, I was always super – a super crazy person about like <laughs> being, like being successful like especially when I went to college I was like okay if I'm gonna be like I had to take out loans for college I'm like if I'm gonna be taking out student loans I'm gonna have a 4.0 I'm going to get everything out of this that I can I worked three jobs throughout school yep Hi. hey Brazzy. Hi. Hi. oh okay 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 good kisses Brazzy. good kiss Hi. okay okay leave it leave it here let's get the mic closer to you there again you <laughs> yes Brazzy. yes okay He's like, I'm so happy for you, Simone. I know, <laughs> Sounds like a great story. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Brazilito. Can you get the angle set again? There we go. See, the peop- people that watch this podcast, they know. Brazzy oh. al- always <laughs> makes an appearance. Usually more towards the end, but this time he was like, I'm getting I love it. Early. I love <laughs> it. He was just like. Okay, so you're going to college. You're, yeah. you're doing Berkeley, and you're yeah. saying that if you're going to invest money into it, yeah. and you're going to take out a loan and go into debt, it's like might as well take it seriously. Yeah, and so I worked three jobs throughout. And What um, kind of jobs? So I was in the wedding bad doing corporate stuff. So I did that three to five times a week. Uh, so seeing wow. at weddings, clubs, whatever. And then I worked in the tech shop. So that's a little bit further in my journey. Um, I started doing other things before that. But I ended up working in the tech shop, so I uh, – basically would help maintain the studios for Berkeley, like learning how to build microphones and like repair cables and like do all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also was a peer advisor and a mentor. So it's just more student employment jobs. Yeah. So I tutored um, in the engineering department and the business department. And I also mentored the incoming students. And I had like, they, and then I was in charge of- Did you of have a life? Yeah, I mean, but like- Yeah, that's a packed schedule. You were doing yeah. all this and going to school. Yeah, and it was, but it was great because I was, because Berkeley's the kind of school that you get out of it what you put into it. Mm. It's very easy to just kind of slide by because they're not, you know, going to hold your hand through anything. Um, so I'm really grateful for my experience there. Um, it helped a lot. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. No, for sure. Well, I, I, I love that hustle. I, I love seeing- like, because a lot of times you hear people, you know, get Grammy nominated or work with this artist, work with that artist. And you just think, well, how, what's the starting point? Right. Right. Like, yeah. like you were saying you were doing these wedding gigs. How does one even oh, go yeah. about doing that? Yeah. So, I mean, I had started gigging since I had gigged before. Then they were holding auditions for like these bands when I got to school. Got it. Um, and because Berkeley's a music college, like you have to go there on an instrument. So my instrument was voice. Okay. But like I was studying music business when I first got there. But I was still studying voice, you know, yeah. at the same time. So everyone's a musician. So you just kind of like, I don't know. It just <laughs> happens that way. That, and that, yeah. that was nice. And then so I ended up with a few different bands. But um, I'm trying to remember, like, where were we in the in talking about oh how i found engineering yeah 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 that's what we were talking about yeah so it started out music business i did my internship and i was like i'm missing the creative piece and being in these bands um you know like i would always like kind of like know how to like set up equipment but like not too much i kind of just kept myself out of that and i would sing um and then it wasn't until we had to like make our scholarship portfolios for berkeley where we had to make recordings like submit recordings of us singing to get um, any kind of scholarship that we had renewed. And I remember I went to this, like this is a definitive moment for me in my journey because I went to this guy's house, apartment, and he let me record three 
like three songs, but one take each. I brought the karaoke tracks. He didn't put any reverb, any tuning. I was sick. He didn't let me sing anything over again. And he charged me all this money. And I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore because there were so many times in my career growing up where I was almost signed and like going and like making like records and whatever. And I never had one recording that I was proud of. Right. And I, I didn't know how to communicate what I didn't like about it. I just knew it didn't feel like me. And so um, I was just like, screw it. I don't know anything about this at all, but I'm going to learn. And uh, doing that at Berkeley was interesting because you have to get into that major. You can't just declare that major and do it. You have to, there's a whole interview process and oh, a wow. testing they have process. To accept you they have to the accept major. you into oh, wow. it. Yeah. And so, uh, it's tough because it also creates a little bit of the perception of you have to be doing this to do this, you know, already, <laughs> right, right. you know, which is so stupid. Cause like, why do you go to college? <laughs> right. Um, if it's not to learn. So, um, yeah, that was a little bit of a thing in itself to get to do that because all the people that knew me as a singer, like I had a band leader that was like, why are you doing this? Like, you're not going to be able to do that. And I was like, sick, cool. Like, I'm going to do it. It's fine. Um, and yeah, and it starting out, especially because it's such a male-dominated industry, yeah. only 5% of um, sound engineers are women and 2% of producers, music wow. producers are women. So it's then it's like you're the only girl in class and like it, there's like a lot of things. And like I knew nothing like nothing 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 and like all the other people in my class well 90 percent of them had been doing this on some level for a while and like knew some kind of a dog you're talking about vocal producing no i'm talking about engineering engineering before vocal producing okay, got it because vocal production is like super super niche and i didn't even learn that that existed until my last year of college um because one of my teachers did a class where he presented who would then become my mentor. He just did like a presentation on him. And I was like, sick, that's who I want to work for. <laughs> that's what I'm so do. you had been singing up until then, right? Yeah. Gigging, doing the wedding gigs and, yeah. and the different stuff, right? To make money. And yeah. then you go to college and then you declare that you want to do engineering. Yeah. Right. And you had n no clue. No clue. So okay. I dueled too. I, so I kept the business major because I thought it would still be useful. Yeah. So then I dueled in engineering and then doing that. Love it, love it, love it. And then um, my teacher did a presentation on vocal production I was like oh my gosh that is perfect that's exactly it feels what the like it's the culmination of like all the skills that I had like built yeah, yeah, over yeah, time yeah. like randomly like my random skill set was perfect for this one super niche thing um and I was like oh my gosh that's what I want to do and so then I wanted to work for his name was Kukurel okay. his name is Kukurel <laughs> um, his name is Kukurel um I wanted to work for him and so I spent the next like year in a half this roughly is during college this is during college like the yeah. end of college um trying to make myself someone who could be valuable to someone like that and brought in my skill set there because berkeley didn't teach a lot of things that had to do with vocal production because it's super niche right like i had a vocal production class but i kind of taught what is vocal it. production yeah so vocal production is uh is kind of like a mix between a music producer and a vocal coach but also i engineer when i vocal produce so Say I have an artist in the studio. I'm saying I'm behind the gear and I'm running all that, but I'm mm -hmm. also like sing this like this, like uh, do this ad lib here, do these harmonies, make this more breathy, smile at the end of that phrase, breathe Got into this. It. Like so, I'm producing the vocal. Right, like how they execute it. Yes, the range of expression, yes. all that. Right, exactly. And then I'm comping it, putting it together, the different pieces to make it so that the performance makes sense and it emotionally makes sense, like That's to the listener awesome. when you hear it. So an artist could already have the lyrics written out, yeah. but not necessarily how to execute the lyrics the oh, best yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. And so that's like most a lot of my job too, because if a demo, for example. If a label loves the demo, right, and the demo singer is not the artist, and they want to keep the magic that's on the demo, 
but they need to have the artist on it. I need to figure out, okay, what are the intangible things that are there that I need to make sure come across in this new artist version, right? Right. So it's it's a lot of just like detail work and minutia, but it's a lot of um, like really digging into the emotion of how things sound. Yeah. Because you can hear when you listen to a piece of music, if someone's smiling, if they're upset, if they're like faking an emotion, you can hear everything like we're really intuitive that way and that's why i loved listening to like a lot of soul singers growing up because you hear you can hear what what they're going through and they're experiencing um and so that could also be really interesting to apply to just everyday conversation as well Mm -hmm. right understanding the range of expression that we can have yeah i was actually just listening to a podcast talking about that on the way here um, where this guy was saying that sometimes we can just be very monotone and I catch yeah. myself like when I'm too much in work mode and I'm just trying just to maintain I just catch myself talking like this really? all day and I'm like what's going on it's like I need to express more right That's it's so like funny. it's so interesting how the, like if we're not conscious about it yeah. our, our execution is just whatever right like there, there are can options be. on how we can express ourselves right oh, even sure. professional singers right like yeah. they know how to sing oh, but yeah. they also need to work with you to get the best out of it, right? Yeah, and it's also having an objective party, right? Because like when you're a singer, you're you are your instrument. So when you mess up, it's not like oh my string was out of tune or whatever. If you're a guitarist, it's like it's you, right? <laughs> so it's there's like a big sense of like trust that has to happen there and vulnerability that happens when a singer is is in the booth. Yeah. And so um, having an objective party to be able to be like no stop that was it. Like that was a little bit of a mess up, maybe technically, but that's like where the magic lies, right? And and getting a singer to like kind of pop out of their their head in that way. It sounds like a lot of it is also your opinion yeah. about it, right? Like yeah. how much of it is science, how much of it is just... Opinion? Yeah. So the engineering part is the science part, and then the production part is the opinion. It's all opinion. Right. Yeah. Right. So when you were learning to do it, were they yeah. teaching you both? Oh, like, so I didn't I, like, get, go to school for vocal production. Okay. You did that after school, yeah. Through that guy that you were mentoring with, yeah. And what was he teaching you? Like, it's when, just watching you just him sitting work. With, okay, so you would be next to him while he's doing it with other artists. Yeah. So I was his engineer for five years, and I was also like his protege as a vocal producer. So I would go and vocal produce on his half, his behalf at times, and sometimes we would co-vocal produce things. Yeah. Um, but it's also like, so you learn a lot there because you have to learn how to communicate different things the same thing in a lot of different ways so say you're working with a singer that has, has had like a lot of technical vocal training yeah you're gonna say communicate the same idea differently to them than someone who's never had a vocal lesson in their life right right so, but you can be communicating the same thing like if i'm gonna say um uh be more spry like be mm. a little more like like bouncy on that instead of being like more staccato you know mm. like there's just like different ways of communicating the same things and, and so not everybody's trained to even hear that feedback properly right, right? but it's but it's to be <clears> able <throat> to recognize what kind of person you're working with really quickly and uh what kind of language has to be implemented there and what's yeah. going to be helpful now how'd you even get that that gig engineering with him right because i oh, feel yeah. like a lot of times it's just like oh yeah and then i started engineering with this guy oh yeah how oh yeah that was a big piece yeah so Okay, so I'm at Berkeley, learn about him in class, and I'm like, bet, that's who I'm going to work for. So, so somebody does a presentation yeah. about this amazing guy in the industry. Yeah. And then you just say, hey, I want to manifest that. Yeah. I want to make that happen. So I started, the way I started was I was like, how do I make myself valuable to someone like that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to learn how to tune vocals because that could be valuable. So I would record myself singing bad and try to make it sound as good as I could because Berkeley didn't teach Melodyne. Um, there was like one mm-hmm. class that they showed you that it, the program existed, but uh, they didn't teach you how it's to so do anything. It's so interesting that they don't have those classes. I feel like that would be important classes to have. Correct. 
<laughs> but <laughs> but they're they're just they are more vocal production is super niche. So it's not like there's maybe five prominent vocal producers that exist. Like it's just not In the whole industry. Yeah, like <clears throat> it's not yeah. like it's not like something you could have a whole major in right, at a school. Right. You know what I'm saying? They had a vocal production class, but like the vocal production class that I took at Berkeley, my teacher had me speak most of the classes <laughs> <laughs> because I had like thrown myself so into this and I yeah. had a unique perspective of a lot of the engineers. A lot of engineers aren't singers. It's just like the at the end of the day. So it was cool to so that have that. gave you that. like a leg up. For yeah, you. yeah. Which was really nice. And I still really appreciate that because now I get to be that bridge. So when I, I got into it because I never knew how to communicate what I didn't like, I just knew it did, wasn't right. But I didn't have the language and the vocabulary to communicate technically what that was. Right. So now I act as that bridge, right? So I can like hear what the singer's telling me and just like normal, oh, this is too fuzzy or like whatever. I'd be like, oh, that means there's too much like 300 hertz and like blah, blah, blah. Like let me. You can troubleshoot what's happening. You can hear the vocal as it's coming yeah. in and say, okay, this is what it needs. You can like yeah. prescribe the medicine for it, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you wanted to make yourself valuable. You learned oh, yeah. how to how, how to tune, tune vocals. Yeah. How to tune vocals, and then and then that's when I got the job in the tech shop too, because I wanted to learn how to repair gear okay. in case he ever needed that, um, and like take apart computers and just like do stuff. So you just on your own were thinking, okay, I need to add these skills to my repertoire. Yeah. Before you talked to him. Yeah, I hadn't talked to him. Okay. Yet. So this is like in the year. How did you and know to do this? What was your? Um. I also so in, well. Another piece of it is this this engineer, Miles Walker, came to the school and he had worked with Kook before and he was doing office hours. And so I like brought him his favorite candy. I booked an office hour and I recorded it. I was like, tell me everything about this, man, <laughs> you know, and his workflow so that I can study it prior to getting the chance, you know, if yeah, I yeah, maybe yeah. get the chance to speak with him. So, um, yeah, so I learned some stuff there. I learned that he was working in L.A. on Anti with Rihanna at the time. Okay. And I was like, sick, I'm going to move to L.A. after school. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I planned that. And then... What was your initial reach out to him? So I tried a bunch of different ways. Like, I tried emails, uh, sending, like, physical things to his office of, like, th things I had worked on. Um Instagram, just like lots of different things. But what ended and I made it super known to any kind of colleague that I had that had any kind of thing with him at all. I was like, <laughs> but so what ended up happening was the teacher who presented it in class. Yeah. He reached out to one of the higher ups at the college and he came up to me at graduation was like, I hear you're trying to work with Kukurel. We're going to try to help make that happen. And I was like, Sick. that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't give up. So the first few times you reached out, you got no reply. No, but then even after that, even after that, I still, so then he connects me. I get uh, an email that says, Kook says you could text him. And I was like, amazing. <laughs> text him? No response. Okay. This was like January, 2015. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. I'm still going to move to LA. So then I moved to LA and um, I text him when I get there and no response. I was like, sick, sick, sick. Um, <laughs> so I had like. Uh, a binder that had not binder it was like this bound thing of like letters of recommendation specifically for me working with him <laughs> and like a press dress shirt in my car and I got uh, I always had it there just in case he would let me work with like meet with him one day like on a whim so you moved to LA without even oh yeah con confirming that you can work with him yeah and what are you doing for money at that point so I got a part-time job doing AV like 
at hotels for this company called PSEV. And I hated it, <laughs> but I did it for a long time. <laughs> and um, I did it because it was part-time so that if he allowed, it was part-time in the kind of part-time where I would just give them my availability and they would fill that with hours. Got it. So that if I was able to intern for him, I could support myself and still work okay. with him. Um, and they were nationwide because I knew that he lived in Atlanta. So in, in the case that I had to go somewhere else, I could just transfer and still keep that job. Yeah. So, um, so I did that. And so then finally, uh, a few think times came through, fell through where I was supposed to meet with him and then didn't meet with him, whatever. And he finally agreed to meet with me in like October. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And it was cool because at that point I, I was so taken aback because he was like, you can work for whoever you want. Like, why, why do you want to work for me? And I had spent like a year and a half at this point just trying to make myself valuable for him. Why did you pick him? What because was it he's the him? most, pro he's was and is the most prominent vocal producer in the industry. Right. He did Rihanna, a bunch of other people. Yeah. 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 Like he's like top tier. Yeah. So that was that's your answer. It. Yeah. <laughs> Cause <laughs> you're the best. Duh. I was like, that's <laughs> it. You know? And, um, so yeah. And so it was great. And so since from that day for five years, I worked with him and then he was like, moved to Atlanta. If you want to keep working with me, cause anti finished, yeah. um, in December and we went, I, I moved to Atlanta. Back so across after the moving country. to LA. So September moved to LA, December moved to Atlanta. <laughs> now see what I find really awesome is that you were willing to do whatever it takes. Thanks. You know, I think a lot of times people are like, let me reach out. First of all, I think most people don't even reach out. Yeah. I think most people are afraid to even send that message out to even ask, can I work with you? Yeah. Right. And the of those that do if they hear a no yeah. or nothing, yeah. they'll just give up. You continuously sent out the message and then you move yeah. over here, not even sure if it was gonna work out. Yeah. Then he hits you up and then it was like, let's move over there. Yeah. You were willing to to like shift and pivot and shift and pivot. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. I mean, and the piece in that is there's definitely a line between annoyance and persistence. Yeah. Right? That you gotta <laughs> tell. Um, so like it's funny because even the last time that I reached out to him that ended up working, I almost gave up and I was at brunch with a friend and she was just like try one more time and say you're free during this window of time and i was like sick okay this is it i'm gonna try one more time and that's the one that reached worked out and i just like went straight there um wow but you don't want to annoy people either and so like that's the hard part because you always want to be respectful because they don't owe you anything yeah. like to meet with you or to to do anything so um but yeah Hey, I really love hearing those stories, you know, because a lot of times people don't talk about the actual. So I'm imagining if there's somebody out there watching that wants to make a career out of their art, mm -hmm. you know, like a lot of times there's no rules. On what are the practical yeah. first steps? Right. So what yeah. I'm gathering is, A, you were already passionate about the the, the work. Yeah, I you loved it. Passionate about singing, yeah. passionate about music mm -hmm. and passionate about the quality. Right. Yeah. It seems like you were curious about yeah. what makes it sound good. Mm -hmm. Why specifically? Yeah. You know, and I think that curiosity helped make you like an expert in that field. Thanks. Right. Because you want to find out what it is. Yeah. You want to also tell people what's wrong with their vocals, how they yeah. can be better. Right. Well, and it's your problem yeah. solver. Exactly. And it's I think that's mm -hmm. the coolest part about it. It's helping people sound the best that they've ever sound and helping people sound like where it feels like them. Yeah, you know, because like that's the hard part too with recorded media. Sometimes, like you can be a really great live singer and not used to studio singing at all, and come to a studio and hate how you sound. Right, right, because it's a super different thing. If you have your headphones both <clears throat> on and like you're afraid of like belting too much, there's just like so many little things that come into play that 
it's just cool. It's cool to just be able to take all that away and help someone feel amazing about how they sound, you know? I love that. And, and what I love about your passion about it is that it's not about you. Yeah. It's you making somebody else look good and feel good, right? Thanks, yeah. And I think that could apply to so many other people's uh, job-seeking mentality out there, right? Because yeah. it's like when somebody says, you know, how do we network, right? Yeah. To me, networking is about how much value you can add. Yeah. It's not oh, about absolutely. what you can take. It's not saying, oh, can you give me this and give me that? Yeah. Like even when you said that you wanted to reach out to him, yeah. you, you thought, how can I add more value? Yeah. Let me learn how to fix gear. Let me learn yeah. how to do this, right? You were thinking, totally. how can you make yourself more valuable to solve somebody else's problem? Yeah. And now yeah, who's nominated for a Grammy, right? It's like, Thanks, yeah. like you won because like you you got to create the things you wanted to create because yeah. you were offering value that's a good point instead of taking it yeah you know? and I, I feel like that's maybe important. you know um and again i'm i'm biased because i'm also in the creative world you yeah. know and i've done this my whole life but i yeah. really think that even if you're not doing a job that's artistic mm-hmm. and that you necessarily love, I think the way to succeed is to find a way to solve the problems. Oh, absolutely. Be the best problem solver you can be. Yeah. It's not asking, oh, how can this job pay me more? It's like, no, right. how can I make myself more valuable for the company? Right. 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 They didn't ask you to fix the gear. You thought to yourself, hmm, yeah. I'd be even more valuable if I yeah. fixed the gear. Yeah. Right. It's like you don't have to be necessarily the owner. Yeah. The entrepreneur, but you were entrepreneurial. <laughs> With how you operated. Yeah, yeah. Right? You made yourself more valuable continuously. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's just really important in general. And that's why <clears throat> I also really like engineering because it's all just about problem solving and figuring out different ways to approach things that maybe this straightforward approach doesn't work to fix it, but like this random roundabout thing will. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. It's great. What was the first major artist you worked with um, that you were physically in the room with a part of? Let's start, start there. So the... F- Probably, well, the first major artist that like I met was Rihanna, but that I worked with was Jesse J. Jesse J. Okay, that was the first full length album that I worked on, and that was like straight out of college because I graduated in August and I was working on her project. August twenty fifteen is when I graduated. I was working on her project like January February twenty sixteen. Wow. Um, How'd so, you get that gig? With Kook. So okay, I was, with, I was, oh, this is already when you were with him. Okay, yeah, got so it. this okay, is with cool. Kook. So is this a situation where you're working with him Yeah. and people offer him the next gig mm-hmm. and he says, great, well, Simone's part of my team. Yeah. So she's going to handle this part of the project. Right. So I en- I was engineering at that point. While he was? Vocal producing. Okay, got it. Right. So he could have chosen anybody to be his engineer. Yeah. But he picked you. Yeah. Because you guys had that workflow. Yeah, yeah. So the, at that point, I was his intern and protege and like that was the thing like we were investing together yes. i mean i was with him for five years yeah so um yeah i was i was the same way when i grew up there was a director that i met and his name was morocco funny enough brazil and morocco um, in chicago and literally when i was like 15 years old no i was like 14 i started shooting the behind the scenes for his videos yeah. right and then you know like when you watch the behind the scenes of a movie they'll talk about a scene yeah and they'll show the scene that they're referring to yeah so he gave me a hard drive with all of the real clips from the music video of the cool. raw footage from like the big cameras so i could mix that in with my behind the scenes footage right wow. so what i did was i remixed the music video too i was like yo i did the behind the scenes but I also recut the video. And he was like, what? And I was like, no, 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 I didn't release it or anything. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't leak it. I just wanted to show you yeah, my, yeah, yeah. my version of the yeah. cut. And when I pressed play for him, Simone, it was like the longest three minutes of my life. Oh, like, of literally, course. I'm like, oh my God. It's like, did that's I, your heart. Like, like, did I overstep? Oh. You know, was I trying too much? And yeah. then literally, you know, he was just quiet. He was watching the music video. Yeah. And at the end, he didn't say anything. He just picked up the phone. 
And he was calling me. I was like, oh, man, I'm fired probably, <laughs> you know? And then he calls the artist, and he's like, yo, we got to send the new version of the video to BET. And he's like, and no from, way. from now on, you're my editor. And it was the same thing. I was interning for him. Yes. And it was the same thing. So whenever yes. he would get a project directing a music video in Chicago, I That's was amazing. just his right hand whatever. Yeah. Helping him pick up the lights, doing yep. the editing, the behind the scenes. That's amazing. Whatever. Just writing with him. And I yeah. think that that's maybe a key to success that we can pass on to people, right? Yeah. Is to find mentors. Oh, mentorship is everything in this yes. industry. But I think it's really important. It's tough. It's really tough because like, there's a difference between a mentor and someone that's just looking for free labor. Yes. Right. And it often looks almost identical. Yeah. And you have to decipher that. Yeah, you do. Right. Yeah. And it's like, um, should you do free work? Should you do stuff quote for exposure? Well, if you're not making money otherwise, yeah. <laughs> and, but that's the thing. Like I, so that's part of the thing with my AV job. I didn't get to quit that job until after my first Grammy nom. Like I wow. kept that job. Uh huh. I broke my own rules. I thought I had it on vibrate. Okay, <laughs> totally keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, I kept that job for so long because I needed to not put the pressure of making music on this creative thing. You know what I mean? Mm. I mean, sorry, pressure of making money, money and a living on this creative thing. And like I was making money from it. Not enough to sustain myself, though. Like my, right. my first album that I ever um, worked on that went platinum. So like the first plaque I ever got. I did it for free. You know, wow. um, because they had already paid someone else to do it and they weren't happy with it. And they're like, can you help us? And I was like, yeah, you know. And so it's like, I think situations like that are really important because yes. like, especially when you're starting out, like to get credits under your belt and to get going, you can't just as expect to be paid right. a certain amount for everything. And like, but you unfortunately. Got yeah. And, and, and when you right. get that credit, you can use exactly. that. Exactly. And then that's leverage moving forward. Yes. Right. So it's like you kind of have to play that game. And like, did I want to work doing hotel AV, setting up projectors for as many years as I did? Absolutely not. It <laughs> crushed my soul. Like literally the first time I ever heard a song that I worked on on the radio, I was on my way to work at PSAV, wow. that company. And I heard Be Careful on the radio. And I was like. What a what um, an interesting moment, right? To yeah. like you, on your way to your quote regular job while yeah. something you created was like yeah. out there. Yeah. And so I think it's important to decipher which of those opportunities are to help you grow and yeah. what's like something that someone's trying to just take advantage of you. You know, yes. that's a really hard thing to decipher. I didn't make all the right decisions. I'm sure you didn't yeah, make all the right decisions. Either, like, yeah. But you just you try but to use you your judgment. Well, it, it, wisdom comes from experience. Yeah. Right. And it's like if you have somebody willing to pay you, yeah. do that job. Of course. But if you don't. Right. Because it's kind of like um, uh, a resume in yeah. a credit school. Yes. Right. Like if you want to make twice as much yeah. money, it's not about working twice as many hours. Right. It's about charging twice as much. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you can only charge twice as much if you have more credits. If you it's can true. show that you're able to solve a bigger problem. Yeah, it's true. Right. It's like there's only so many hours in a day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's also like. For example, like I used to sing singing background vocals. I used to sing background vocals on a lot of things that I did just because it just needed it. I wouldn't get credit for it. I wouldn't anything. Like Meaning it was just, you'd be working on somebody's album and they need just some Yeah, like like I know creatively this needs this texture. The artist wasn't able to sing that texture. Right. I put it on. Yeah. No one knows it's me. I'm not credited mm. or anything, but it's just there because it needs to be. Fast forward to um Recently, I worked on a TV show where I was vocal producing 
eight episodes of this TV show, and it's a musical, so it's like 27 songs or so, roughly, and I'm singing backgrounds all over it. <laughs> but because of that, then now I'm a SAG after member and like all these things, and then it's like you create another income stream for yourself. Yes. But from something that you were just doing because it needed to get done before, yes. you know? And you had the mentality of adding the value anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because you don't always get paid for all the value no. that you add. Oh, my God. There have been so many music videos where I wasn't supposed to be the director or anything. Yeah. Or it's like, but then you end up helping more than the yeah. actual person that was. Yeah. So many times this happens. Yeah. Like the actual person hired to do a project fucks it up. Yeah. And they have to call somebody to fix it. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's yeah. like and that person doesn't get paid as much or credit or at all. all. Yeah. Right? And obviously there's a limit. You got to sure but you know um it's good to be known as that person that can fix it yeah it is that's worth money it is worth money and i think that then it becomes a time of okay where in my career do i start to put the limit on that a bit yeah. right because it's not because it's not not doing that stuff but always making sure okay if i'm going to do this at least i want to be credited for yes. it right or like whatever piece and fighting for what you think is is fair for you in the career that you've built at up to a certain point. I think that that's and where you are contextually exactly. in your career. Exactly. Right. It, it depends on the journey. level of project you're working on. Yes. Right. Because it's funny. Because I remember when I moved to LA, I did a couple free Taiga videos because okay. I had met him and his producer at yeah. a concert, and this was like mixtape Taiga before yeah. his first album. And the first two videos, first actually all the videos did for him for free. Basically, yeah. They're like you know a couple grand, and we put all the money back into the right. video. But what it did was now I became the guy that work with Tyga. Exactly. Now, because of that, I could charge local artists yep. more money Yeah, because I did the free videos with Tyga. Yep. Right? That's so exactly you get, what so it is. You, you get that there. So when somebody says do it for exposure, in that situation, exposure was great. Yes. Because I knew how to convert the exposure exactly. into value, into yes. something that could be charged for, right? Yes. And maybe that needs to be part of the conversation. I think it does. May, maybe I'm reading too much into memes, but I f I'm so frustrated, Simone, with how much there's a lack of um, enthusiasm for effort. Oh, yeah. In the general conversation right no, now. No, I know. And that's like, I, <clears throat> I did a podcast like six, six months ago, eight months ago, whatever at this point. We're talking about the same thing. And that's like, it's the point of the minutia. People don't really care about like caring. Yeah. Anymore. Like, which is like, and that's that's what it is. That's what my whole job is, is because I really <laughs> care. You know what I mean? It's like, I really give a shit, you know? Yes. Like, so it's like, but... And I think that people, the people that are the most successful are those people. That care. You know? Because there's all these memes that like, you know, when you care too much. Yeah. It's like, what well, is wrong okay, with caring? Okay. Yes, it's, I it's, care it's, too it's, much. It sounds like you need to set boundaries maybe, right? And and, and, and we've all Amen. been taken advantage of, right? For sure. I've had money stolen, all kinds of crazy shit, right? right? But it's like... Care all that you can care. Be yeah. the most giving person. Just yeah. also care about yourself enough That's to have self-worth and have boundaries. Right. Right? Yeah. Because if you don't have boundaries, then anybody could take advantage of you. But oh, at the yeah. end of the day, I want to be a giver. I know. Right? But it's tough. Like, I mean, I, I'll say even speaking like to a mental health piece, like uh, in 2020, I had like a moment of like, whoa, like I would just pour and pour and pour into other people and and put myself last and like really focused on my career and I was so there and I realized I had tied so much of my worth into my success in my career mm. um, and just into the value that I could be to other people instead of like to myself yes yeah and so I had and to like that's the pro and that's, and that's the, the con there right side. yeah yeah and then you go to therapy and you work on it and then you're good <laughs> right and it's fine now but like and but that's what's tough like when you do care but now I, I've had friends that are like Simone you need to not care so much and I'm like no that is what makes me special, I think. Yes. 
you know, in all aspects of life. Like, I'm never going to apologize for caring too much. Right. It, it sucks sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's like what makes people great, especially at what you do when you're working in a creative field and you're like, no, like I'm going to take that extra time to make something right now that can also get a little like detrimental when you're working on your own project creatively and you're like this thing is never right you know there's no pushing it back and back that's not perfect Mm -hmm. yet but you know it's funny because you talked about going to therapy and and i've been going to therapy a lot too and a lot of like inner work kind of healing seminars Uh hey brezzy and one of the things i was learning is about the context that i'm coming from yeah right so I can do an action. I can be very giving in a context of scarcity. Yeah. Where I feel like I'm not good enough yes. and I need to impress you. Yes. So let me care a lot by like right. overextending myself and over promising and then being too tired. That's not the healthiest context to come from. That's Whereas if I can point. come from a context of abundance, I'm saying, no, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to get good sleep, but I care about this relationship and I'm yeah. going to contribute because I'm tapped in and I want to contribute. Yeah. I care for me. Not for you, That's but I care that is. I mm-hmm. contribute at a high level. And right. I, it could be the same action. Yeah. But one's coming from abundance, one's coming from scarcity, and it's different. Yeah, like it's walk very all different. Over you, right? Whereas, like, you know, because uh, it's funny, because I've had um, clients that I've done stuff for free for that didn't treat me very well. And mm-hmm. I've had other clients that have charged a lot of money and they treated me very well. Yeah. So people aren't always going to be rosy and thankful when you do stuff for no. free. You kind of have to really assess, like, yes. Why do I want to contribute to this person's project? Yes. Is it for the money? Is it for the connection? Is it for Absolutely. this and for that? You know, because it's hard. Otherwise, you can get caught up into just trying to impress somebody. Yes. And that's what it is. And you lose yourself. And I think that that was such a poignant thing to say, like from a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset. Because yeah. that's exactly what it is. It's like, I, I definitely got caught up in that. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Whew, I get, there's a specific season where, you know, you're making transitions and you're like, okay, not consciously. Yeah. But you kind of, I, and part of you will think, if I'm doing all these things and I make myself valuable here, like that means that they're gonna value me too. And like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, The next no. thing you know, they move on and hire somebody exactly. else. Exactly. And then you're broken. And then you're just like, what the? And you're like, but, but, but I sacrificed <laughs> and I didn't go to my sister's wedding. Exactly. And I didn't, and I didn't sleep you. these yeah, hours. Yeah. And like, yeah. So it's, it's very important to, if you're going to be that kind of person that cares a lot to put time into your mental health yes. and taking care of yourself and putting the care that you give everyone else in, into your own experience too. How's your sleep schedule? Okay. So I'm on a new thing that I'm trying to focus more on because, so in my job, sometimes I have to work late nights, like really late sessions. So maybe I won't get out until like four in the morning, five in the morning. Right. But sometimes I'm not working those hours at all. And I'll finish at like 7 p.m., you know, 6 p.m. So I've been struggling a little bit with a sleep, a set sleep schedule, because also when I'm trying to be creative and write music or work on my own project, I'm the most creative at night. Same. Right. So it's like, how do you have good mental health and like a solid sleep schedule with random ass hours? (laughs) But what I'm trying to figure out now is I do an hour of no screens or phone, no screens or phones after I wake up and an hour before bed of no mm. screens or phones and I journal and I read my devotional and like whatever. And I try to do, I try to go to stop screens at 1am and then like go to bed by two. Cause that allows me more creative time. Yes. Like if I want to work and like sing and whatever, it's not like too late because screens, they, they <sighs> overstimulate us yes. so much that they put us into receiving mode, not in giving mode. Yes. I was thinking about that. Cause That's it's like point. when I'm, 
I feel like I haven't given myself enough opportunities to be bored. Yeah, well, that's exactly times, what it is. I'm just like, oh, well, I could just check this. Yes. And I could check that. And what's happening in Korea and what's happening over here yeah. and the, this and that. And it's, I can k- think of a million yeah. reasons to be on my phone. Absolutely. And all justifiable. Oh, and, yeah. And it's like at some point you have to discipline and say, no, I have to make myself bored for a couple hours. Well, but that's what it is. To and then yes. want to, because the creativity is almost like the solution of boredom. It is. And if you're overstimulated, then you don't want to contribute. Right. Then I'm just in passive mode. But also, like, then you get so depleted. Yeah. Like, because you don't let your brain, you don't give your t- brain a chance to relax. Like, I used to never be able to sleep without listening to a TV show. Yes. Or listening to a podcast or anything. And now, I can't have anything on. Like, because mm-hmm. I, I notice the difference now. It, it is does. immense. Like, the how much of The quality of sleep changes so much. The quality of life. Like, yes. everything. Like, is if I wake up and I look right at my phone, my day is not going to go very well. Right. Mentally for me. It starts to spiral right away. Oh, my away. gosh. Right yes. away. Because you're just, it's instant dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. And like your brain does not get a chance to wake up. Yes. And the same thing when you don't give your ch- brain a chance to, to calm down. And that's why people are like, oh, I can't sleep, blah, blah, blah. I used to be like, I can't sleep without this. No, it's because I wasn't giving my brain a chance to stop. Yes. And that's the power know? of no. Yeah. And the power of boundaries. Because I think yeah. boundaries aren't just what we set up with other people. Yeah. It's with ourselves too. And that's what's that's hard to keep. One. I know. Oh my God. I know. I know. <laughs> you I know, know. Especially when you're your own boss, technically creatively. Oh my gosh. And it's like there's nobody telling you to stop working at two no. in the morning. And you could work till whenever. I right? know. And it, you know, it's like um, there's there's there are good things about watching media right like you can watch something and get inspired absolutely right but there's a difference between when i watch something to get inspired and when i just have it on because i don't want silence yes right and it's like the silence is needed but I, I listen to so many podcasts, Simone. Oh, me too. Oh, YouTube videos just on in the background. I've heard three hours of something today, probably yeah. already. Yeah, I do this. I do the same exact thing, yeah. but I'm trying to make it so that I stop that at some <laughs> point in my day, or, or just pick really good ones, really listen yeah. to them, and then let it be. Yeah, instead of just having. I mean, there's days where my listen is like eight hours of podcasts. So well, yeah. While I'm doing everything, while That's I'm cleaning, exactly. just, I'm feeding my mind half comedy, half philosophy, half right. You know, stuff. From, yeah, yeah. Literally stuff, and it's yeah. Like I live alone, you know. Yeah. Like, and that's like I just put stuff on, and like I used to, for example, like because I would never give my brain a chance to relax when I was tuning vocals, for example, same tuning background vocals, and there's like seventy tracks of background vocals. I'm doing it all by hand. That's hours and hours and hours and hours of work. But I would put on like the office in the background <laughs> because I'm like, I know the office so well that I don't have to actually watch it. But yes. it's on and it like it's like a blank slate. But now it's so funny because I tune so much faster. I'm tuning at the same speed, but it seems like it's so much faster because I'm actually con- like fully like I don't have anything on in the background. Yeah. And it's crazy how that changes things. Yeah. Like, but you have to get your mind ready to do that and also like be okay with being bored like the first few days that i tried to implement this i cleaned and reorganized everything in my place because i was just like i can't have screens what am i i'm not tired like what am i gonna do let me recock all this stuff let me like like, what can i do that's like we have to train ourselves that's what it is and that's why if we look at our phones right away in the morning then Mm -hmm. we get into a pattern of i need stimulation yes and then when i try to shut it off it feels weird you're just like Like, i can't do you ever have something on do you ever do that thing where you put your phone down, you pick it right back up, yes. or you close Instagram to open Instagram? Yeah, again? yeah, just close it, open it, and do the same. And then I'll try to hide it into a folder and move that folder around, but my my finger automatically knows to go to that folder and to it's double so check. So messed up. Yeah, and then I justify it because it's for work. Yes, no, same. Right? Yeah, like, well, I'm not, I'm not just playing around on Instagram. I'm seeing if I got a DM from such and I such. I know. Right? But then, 
I end up looking at cat videos for like an hour exactly. and then I forget what I was doing and then I was like oh yeah and I gotta and then there's messages I haven't replied to in like two weeks I'm like fuck exactly it's like there's too many there's too much stimulus I, and I too really want to like unfollow everybody me on too Instagram. I don't want to do anything on social media like I've been more active lately because yeah. I'm like okay like this is a good thing to be doing I'm trying to like share more of myself and like whatever I like that. you're sharing like the tips and all that thanks yeah. yeah I'm trying to find something that feels authentic to me because I struggled with social media for a long time because I was always like I want my work to speak for itself but that's just not the reality that we live in like it does but like if you're not going to be advocating for yourself who is right yeah. too and so i'm like okay I, I always love like the mentoring piece and like sharing things piece so i'm trying to find like a niche that feels authentic to me well it feels um, better to to um produce in social media than to yeah. consume it yeah consume absolutely it, endless endless amount of consumption and 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 it really does overstay it's funny because half the time i'm like I don't even follow these people or who the fuck are these people I no, follow? No, exactly. It's random. like some random motherfuckers random. I follow from way back in the day. And it's just like, I, I I have this like fantasy right now of getting down to just like 100 people I follow. Like, going, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then I scroll through it and everybody, I'm like, oh, but I could. I know. Then I scroll down. I'm like, let me just do a fast scroll. Just like, boom. Dude, and then and it then lands on, I'll unfollow it. I'm like, oh, but I kind of would want to talk to them. Oh, fuck. You Dang know, it. it's like. <laughs> I've started doing timers because my friend suggested this. That She's like, if you have time where you feel like, I just want to scroll, set a timer for 15 minutes. But when that 15 minutes goes off, you stop. Yeah, and, and, and maybe that's helpful. Really give yourself time to scroll. Like if you're gonna do it, yes, scroll, scroll, do it. scroll away. Yeah, mm-hmm. scroll away. Even even thirty minutes, like whatever. Like, but set a timer because it's, that's. I think that's the issue, at least for me. Yeah, is it feels endless. Yes. and then you look up and it's like my day is gone. Yes, and I'm like, and then it's like, what was I supposed to work on? Oh yeah, that thing. Terrible. Oh, I hate it. It's so weird because it's like there's a pro and con. There's so many pros. Social media so giveth and it taketh. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Your mental health. <laughs> what kind of podcast do you want listen to? Um, I really like mental health podcasts. Yeah. And I, I really like to like learn about my brain and like why I think the way that I do and like yeah. different things that I'm trying to work on to be the best version of myself. Like why... Like, if I'm feeling sad, I really like to dig into, okay, this could tie to this, and this could tie to this. Like, <laughs> let me dive in. Like, try to fix that thing. Um, so that. Are and you then, like an analyzer? Yeah. <laughs> me too. Because yeah. I think, like, that's fun. Because I'm yes. also a super emotional human. Yeah, like, same. Yeah. So it's just, I feel like that comes with being a creator, you know? And I, yes. I there's so many positives that come from that, right? Yes. But then there's also, like, the. I love the world of, yeah. of mental health yeah. and self-help and all that, you know? Yeah. Um, I grew up listening to, like, Tony Robbins. That was, like, yeah. a big one my parents put me on to. And what I liked about him is that he makes things really simple. He takes mm-hmm. a lot of big concepts and chunks it down to just, like, you know, how to create results, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how to change your state using your physiology, oh. your focus patterns and your language, um, how to change your story, mm-hmm. and how to change your strategy. Like, from his perspective, those are pretty much the only three things you can change. Like, mm. and, and every different teacher has their thing. Like there's Joe Dispenza, right. there's Andrew Huberman who teaches a lot of psychology stuff. But like, I like Tony because he just gets down to the base of it. Like, listen, mm. change how you feel in the moment, change the story about who you think you are and why it's happening, and then your strategy for action. That's right? lovely. Um, I like that about him. Um, I also like listening to comedians because yeah. they, they vibrate at just like um who gives a fuck? Let's fuck around. But then they'll yeah. throw in some really good points in there. Yeah, it's a good and point. And I think sometimes if I listen to things that are too serious too often, yes. then, then I get too like, 
Mm. Yes. You know what I, I mean? It's like, agree. I need to go, I need to listen to Family Guy or something. You know what I mean? Totally. Just put on something hilariously totally. silly. And sometimes that has deep points in it too. Oh, absolutely. Oh my God, there's some messages inside of those shows. Yeah. You know, and then it's back yes. to being serious. Oh, yeah. I love that. And I think that that's, like I used to watch so many like true co- true crime things. Yeah. And I was realizing like the effect that was having on my psyche and my subconscious. And I was like, mm, we gotta chill I on that. I think we, uh, we take it for granted how yeah. impressionable we are oh, yeah. to media. I, I felt that, you know, whenever you take a break from media, yeah. right? Like I, I, I've done a couple isolation tank things, the flotation tanks. Oh, cool. With sensory deprivation. Yeah. Um, they're, they're only like 40 bucks too for us. Oh. It's like a two-hour session. They're really cheap and they're really, really good. What do you do? That's, talk about being afraid of boredom. Two hours and... Uh, I took mushrooms when I went. So it, <laughs> it was a different... Okay. It wasn't, comp- you know, I wasn't fully bored. <laughs> okay. Um, but what I liked about it was just that... Um, <laughs> I just got to explore like deep, deep into my mind. Yeah. And then afterwards, I felt like I was so tapped in yeah. that the second I opened social media, it just threw off the whole state. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, my God. Absolutely. This is what I'm doing to myself every morning. Yeah. Right. But you don't realize it because you're no. so in it. Like fi- a fish doesn't realize it's wet. Yeah. Right. That's what it We're is. We're so deep in it. Yes. In the drift of of what we see on the news yes. and we see and we open it up and it says and all the the verbiage is so extreme yeah right? it's like this person stabs this person but it's not really it's just a conversation it's yeah. like you know he fires back and the, the, yeah it's that's like true. all the words are very aggressive words and how yeah. we explain and describe everything and yeah if i'm scrolling through facebook and i read somebody else complaining yeah i'm reading it out loud in my head yeah so i'm technically saying their complaint out loud to myself that's if true. somebody says this this thing sucks. Yeah. I have to say this thing sucks in my mind as I'm reading it. Yeah. You know, so subconsciously. So as you're ro- scrolling through the statuses, we're kind of taking on or at least saying it out loud. It's like, it's like we're saying affirmations of everybody else's thoughts. Yeah. It's just a lot. And like I for me to be successful in the no phone thing, I cannot sleep with my phone in my bedroom. Me neither. Otherwise, I don't it. have the willpower. No, me neither. I will literally just go. Done. Nope, 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 nope. I'm just looking at it for a second. And then you just like, <laughs> then day, screwed up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It has to be physically out yeah. of reach. I have to get out of the bed. Yeah. See it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have another room. I'm like, <laughs> nope, it's going to be at my desk. It'll be there and it's fine. Have you ever done early work sessions? Have you ever done like a <laughs> 5 a.m. wake up? Oh, yes. But for when I did live sound, okay. not for <laughs> no not one would. Yeah. Like the most extremes that I have, like if I work like rap sessions, like with Young Money or something, that's like till till 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. Right. That's until. Yeah. Um, but not it's starting. It's a different energy, you know, because um, I don't know. I keep Do you th- do that a lot? No, but I, I kind of feel like I should at some point. I don't know. Like there's something about those night hours where like yeah. the rest of the world is like. It's quiet. Quiet. Yes. And even though it's not like I'm literally hearing the world outside, but I can feel feel yes. the world when i can yeah, feel that's like everybody else is asleep it. somehow i feel more free to create that's so and it's funny like, could i just tap into that on the reverse side i think so like instead of working till three in the morning could i wake up at three in the morning and try it like probably that, you know what i mean like pull up mark Wahlberg and start it i haven't done it yet yeah i think six is the earliest i've done i did i did 6 a.m for like a month once just a, during the pandemic let me yeah. just try it but um, it really only worked when I had something to do right yeah. away. If I wake up at six with nothing planned, yeah, I'm like, what, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I awake? Um, I well, remember this one time I woke up at six and I went to somebody's party that was going. I came to the back end 
of like a and you just went in there completely yeah when they're fucking coffee vibes like what's up everybody that actually kind of was a good way to get into it because while they were losing energy i had energy so i was like i was able to fly around the party sober and just roll through that's hilarious but um i i wanted to mention because i i forget who said it um but i think it was quincy jones but it might not be but they talked about the reason that we're more that creatives are more creative at night is because your brain starts to shut down and get ready to sleep. So we're not as critical of the oh. different of the ideas that are coming out. Things can flow more naturally. But there's like a science behind it. And I don't oh. I wish I had the exact quote, but maybe look into that because I thought that was super interesting because that sounds plausible. Yeah. It's like your brain is getting ready for sleep, like in a way. You know, it's like loosening up the the restrictions yeah, on what exactly. can, you're getting ready for dream state. Yeah, it's it's, it's almost like I, I right now I'd rather get the things that I have to get done earlier. Yeah, so I can work on the things that I quote get to do later. And it's hard. It's hard to have. Dis- it's also hard to have creative. As a creative, it's hard to have discipline to finish things sometimes too, and not just start new things. Oh my god, I'm the king of <laughs> I'm the queen I have new things. Uh, eighty <gasps> projects that are ninety percent done. Like, Same Stevie knows it's like literally we have we have like the next seven episodes of the podcast already done and this haven't been released yet and we're just like, Oh, it's I'm yes. that's why I need a team to yes. help me finish it. Same because I'm really good at starting stuff. If you give me a blank page, I will fill it up with yeah. stuff. Yeah, oh, same. For sure. I'll be like, oh, let me just write new songs. Let me just sing all these new things. Let me do all that stuff. But then finishing things where I feel like it can be released, like for, for my own art yes. artistry. Like if there's a deadline from a label, it's a different thing. If there's a deadline that I've made, it's very difficult. Yeah, same. Yeah. So I have to have my team kind of hold me accountable. But it's hard too because like I, I don't know if you – I feel like you might exist in the same way where it's very specific what you do. So it's hard to delegate much of it yes i can't really delegate things yeah i, I can, I can de- delegate something I, I can delegate the stuff that is pre-decided but like even like some of these recent podcasts right like um like stevie will will do the main cut and then he'll pull the clips that he thinks could be good for instagram or youtube yeah and then i'll review them with him and we'll kind of get them ready but then i'll sleep on it a couple of days later and i'm like no nah, I, I don't i changed yeah. my mind on it and then at the end totally i ended up only it. posting one then i changed it last minute i think maybe i'm coming to terms with that that like that that's just where i need to be i need yeah. to be at the at the filming part of it and at the end part of it that's and good. maybe i just need help just well, getting the main though. things because i because I, I, I feel like especially for a personal project like this yeah i i want to put the final stamp of approval totally yeah uh, that's something you just can't because then it's not your art anymore no right Tough. Yeah, like you know, like Stevie, he makes um he makes art art. He has like an art gallery. He actually oh, makes like paintings and that kind of stuff. And I can imagine like if somebody's like a sculptor or whatever, yeah, they can have people help them, yeah, assist in right. the thing. But the thing you still at some point you have to be the one, yeah, making the critical choices of like, like uh, like this podcast the other day. It was technically done. It was approved. And I stayed up till four in the morning just recoloring it like five different times. Wow. I felt like I was like, you know what? No. Is it, is it, is right. It, is it, and I was like, to like, I was happy with it. And I felt so good that I did that, that I was able yeah. to to come in and put that that last tweak on it. Because then it felt like it's it's my art. Yes. It's not just art that I had my team do for me. It's so tough. Yeah. Like, like for, for my stuff, like I'm going to put out an EP for the first time of music. That's, I'm the artist. I wrote it all. I'm producing most of it. Vocal produced everything. But like production side, half of it, my production partner did the other half. But I'm that means I'm tuning all of my vocals, right? Like in all my feel? backgrounds. I hate it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's like 
for me to do that for other people i had to have a moment with myself because i was trying to just like not tune some of it because like it's like in tune so i'm like it's fine like i don't have to like this but i'm like no smoke you do this for everyone else do this for yourself like it's it's the the care stuff too like in putting that investing that into yourself as well is coming back to that piece yeah but it's making myself do that i'm trying to get trying to get better at that do you ever start like um if you don't finish a project soon enough, you hate it after a while because yes. you need oh. it so much better. Like absolutely, ah, oh, it's oh the God. worst. I had this one podcast I filmed with like my best friend like four months ago, and it just didn't get fully finished. And then now I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, but the new ones are so much better. And I'm like, dude, can we just reshoot it? Right like, at this point, like it's the new ones are way better. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm constantly exactly. liking my new stuff more and looking at my old stuff. And I'm like, Ugh. but that's, I've had this, I have had the same conversation so many times because it's like, as creators, we continue to evolve in our creativity and our skill set and everything. Right. Yeah. So what was real at that point in time though, is still valid. Yes. And it's like still releasing that stuff is important, but it's hard when you feel like, okay, this doesn't represent me now yeah. as a creative, but that's, but if you keep in that mindset, you're never going to put anything out. Because you're always growing. Yeah, so you have to put shit out relatively yeah. quickly when it's done. <laughs> Don't relatively it. quickly, or just 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 or get just over it, it and, yeah. <laughs> and just do it and be like, okay, I'm growing and it's fine. Like my project right now, it's tough because um, I just didn't. I decided I was gonna do it in July of last year. Like just my first idea of I'm going to put out an artist project. Just like and then like reached out to my friend was like, would you want to do this with me? He lives in Boston, you know, mm-hmm. just like and I just like wrote things and I like didn't think about. And like anything beyond, I want to create something and I'm just going to keep creating. Let's just see what happens. And then it's tough. Then you start working. I worked on this TV show. I was in Canada every two weeks for six, seven months. Wow. So, and then (laughs) when I was here, I was working constantly. So that chunk of time gone. Yeah. So then you finally start working on it again. It's like, okay, now it's like so much later, these songs, it's like, okay, but it's like, let's finish them. Yeah. You know, well, as long as there's, is the core content was still true to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's like, okay, you write it about a relationship, for example. My project is about my, my own relationship. And this, but it's like, I'm over that situation now. The songs still ring true, but it's just funny to have to keep, like, diving into these, like, deep emotions that I have. Especially after you're already doing therapy. Yeah, I already, like, them. did that work. Like, <laughs> like, we've moved on. Let me reconnect to the trauma for a second. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's How so has it been trying to maintain relationships in... Is <laughs> it like intimate relationships oh, while being a creative? It's tough. I mean, I, I've always been the kind of person that like I don't like to date just to date mm-hmm. because I'm very content on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, if I date, it's because I see a future in it. Right. I'm more term, more of a long term kind of date person if I'm going to date somebody. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was single for seven and a half years between college and uh, my most recent ex because I just hadn't met, I was still dating, but I just hadn't met anyone that I felt was my person. Yeah. And then I dated my ex. Um, and that was the situation I wrote an EP about (laughs) and we got out of that and that was great. Were they in the industry too? Um, yes and no. Yeah. No, they wanted to be. And that was what was really tough because they wanted to be, and they were fresh starting trying to make music and I had to set that boundary really early on. I was like, I'm not going to be this person that you're just going to now. I'm going to give you all these opportunities and whatever, whatever. Like, right. this is our relationship and this is my career. Right. You know, like, I'll help you Healthy with Healthy boundary. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. That I did do. That was a good boundary. <laughs> um, but so I helped him, like, 
learn things, sure. but I didn't like do things for him. Like I would teach him things, you know, but I wouldn't like be like, let me connect you to this person, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, you want to learn how to record yourself better? Okay, we can sit down. I'll show you how to do that for yeah. yourself. You know, that's different than because then it feels like the relationship is for one. Thing it's transactional. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I just didn't want that to happen. And it's like if you get longer into a longer term thing, like years down the line, and like this mutual investment there. I feel like that's different. But like for a fresh thing, I was like, no, I'd like for a long time. I wouldn't even talk to him about his music. Like yeah. he would show me things. I'd be like, oh, that's really dope. But I like wouldn't go beyond that. You know what <laughs> I mean? Um, but you have to. You have yeah. to be careful about that. Yeah. And it's also I'm very sensitive because I create a lot of things and I send them to like all my friends. I don't put them out. I need to put them out. I'm going to put them out. But like I'll send them to like my few best friends and be like, look what I stayed up until 6 a.m. making. Right. And like yeah. it's about the situation that I went through or whatever, because I think music is very therapeutic. Yes. Um, and I think it's fun to dive into those emotions, even if like you're not feeling that strongly. It's fun to throw yourself there creatively and yeah. see what comes out artistically. Anyway. Um, but <laughs> I'll, write, I'll write things sometimes that sound like I'm really going through it and like, I'm fine. I just like think it's like, like, I could tap into it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, Ooh, I had a glimpse of that emotion. Let me like see what that would be like if I dove in there. Yeah. Um, but then you have to be careful about like sharing that with certain people that like can read more into that. Right. If that makes sense. Because they might think that actually means something deeper. To the relationship. Your, yeah, yeah. Right? So oh, like, like if you're dating somebody yeah. and you're making a song about. Yeah. yeah like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at too. Because also on the other hand, like the, the person I was dating, for example, like he would do that. He wasn't very communicative. But then he would write songs and send them to me. And I had tried to decipher what he was feeling through that. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> He'd be like, there's something on my mind. <laughs> no. And he wouldn't even want to talk about it. I'd be like, we're going to talk about <laughs> um, What about you? Well, uh, I've always been dating. Oh, okay. I, I, I've been in relationships. Forever. Kind of the whole time. I'm always okay. in one or another. Um, and I always end up dating people people that are creative okay you know i feel like oh hey brazzy, <laughs> hey, brazzy. <laughs> okay you okay he's like hello I know, hey brazzy sorry. hey hey mr brazilito <laughs> yes 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 buddy it's okay it's okay um <laughs> I know. I know, Brazzy. He's yes. like, first of all, don't talk about the relationships you're in because I am yeah. everything. <laughs> He's like, what about me? I'm, I'm your love, right? He is my love, though, for real, though. Like, like he's the first pet okay. I've ever had. I know. Thank you. Aww. Yes. Oh, you want so much attention, don't you, Brazzy? You know what? Getting him was a really good thing for me to have because it gave me something that I was committed to. Yeah. Right? Because right. I'm, he's a, it's a responsibility that I'm committed to. Yeah. For over a decade. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think growing up in the artistic industry, my parents were both dancers. They oh, both wow. Classical ballet. Wow. And so I grew up and we moved around a lot. I was kind of like an army brat, but like a dance brat. That's in a way. cool. And that like I went to a different school every year my whole life. Yeah. Always moving around from place wow. to place. So I was always making friends, changing, making friends, changing, moving, yeah. making friends, changing, moving. That um, even dating wise, I feel like I'm always like, there's always a, a change, 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 change. Right. And then when I got him, yeah. it felt like, oh, wow. It's like I started valuing a sense of consistency. Absolutely. And, and commitment of building something, you know, yeah. and building like my little nest there. Um, I don't know. Like I, 
I love love, but I also feel like it's been it's been like my strength and my detriment also in the industry, right? Like, cause some of my yeah. worst work came because I had uh, tumultuous relationships yes. at home, and <laughs> that throws off my focus and yeah. my discipline. And then I don't finish a project, and then I fuck up a relationship, and then this yep. happens, and then that happens. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, some of my best work came yes. because I got inspired because I was in love. You yeah, know? absolutely. It's, like, it's a it's a double headed. It definitely yeah, is, yeah. and I think like it pairs with the whole like feeling deeply thing and caring deeply. We care deeply about our work, also care deeply about the relationships, right? Yes. Platonic and romantic. Yeah. And so it's tough like and i have an issue not an issue but just like something that i know about myself is like i because i care very deeply i just it's it's tough dating because i'm very slow to like actually like someone mm -hmm. but like once i do and i like genuinely care for them it's tough for me to shut that off right you know like once you so, let them in they're in yeah exactly heart yeah exactly and so and i'm very much the kind of person that like i want to build something with someone i want to um grow with someone like yeah and you know i i also like i'm really attracted to very driven people yes and like that's very like driven like i i used to like really separate driven and successful to me but i think you can define success very differently like it doesn't have to be monetarily right necessarily so like i will say successful too because i think like that's an important piece of like what you're trying to accomplish that you're you're going for and you have some level of success there. Yeah, there's not one size fits all for success. No, if not somebody's at all. definition of success is they want to surf every day. Yeah. Great. Are they yeah. succeeding at that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are they successfully surfing every day? Then exactly. great. Then then yeah. they're winning. Yeah. And like because I've done that in my career too and I'm passionate about that. Like I yeah, you want a partner like that. Yeah. But it's hard to when you're both working all the time, like find people that I don't know. Are like actually want to like make investments in another human and especially in LA because it's like just like the whole thing of there's always something better there's always something new and it's just like I just have no energy for any of that yeah it's tough it's, it's a lot it's kind of a clusterfuck day it here is. in LA because it is it oh is kind of not the real world no you know it's such a hyper magnification yeah of people that are I don't want to say narcissists but like People, well, there's a level of self-centered that has yes. to exist there. Yes. Right. And I was even thinking about that. I was like, um, could you have a successful relationship with two people that have headshots? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. like, like, it almost feels like you need to have one who's like more outwardly going and one who's more That's supportive. That's a good point. Right? Because if both people are like out for themselves killing it. I don't know. It, it's weird. I feel like it can. I think potentially it can work because I know in for me, I'm super supportive. Like with yeah. like all my friends, like whatever, like I'll they have a big career moment happen. I'll bring them balloons, <laughs> drop them off at their apartments, like whatever, just like stuff. Because I think that that's like really important to celebrate, celebrate people's wins. But I think some people don't have the double part of it. Mm. They're too zoomed in to the self part. And they're not supportive on the other yeah. side. Yeah. Because you can do both. You One, can. They're not mutually exclusive. No, they're not. But they're sometimes you know it can be yeah i mean like this guy that i was talking to recently like that was the whole thing i was always so excited about like all of his new career moves that he was making and like supporting him in that and he just wasn't being mutual and so i was just like this is stupid yeah but you know like it's it's important it's hard to find that here like it is people that can it is it, it seems like you have a lot of options but 
you also have a lot of options to be distracted. Because oh the whole gosh. point of coming to LA was to make your dreams come true. Yeah. If you just wanted a relationship, you can do that in Kentucky. Anywhere. You can do that anywhere, yeah. right? And probably even find somebody who's more chill. Well, you know? but there's the, also a difference <clears throat> between just wanting a relationship and like wanting to find your person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I could be yeah. in a relationship like if I wanted to. You know, like that's easy. Yeah. Like there's so many people here, but it's like tough to be know what you're looking for and be like, oh, I'm just going to be single until that happens. Right. You know, like not in like a way of like, this is exactly physically, but like attributes of a human being, you know? Yeah. That, that you yeah. want. And what kind of quality exchange you want to have. Yeah, what you exactly. What relationship to mean. And, exactly. And, and, and feel like. Yeah. 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 And it's funny because as you grow, your values change. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, like, I don't know how old you are. I'm in my mid thirties now. And yeah. it's like, I feel like. I'm 28. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like, like so much has changed. Like from like 21 to 25. Yeah. You're like a different person. Oh, absolutely. Well, but also your brain's not yeah, done yeah, forming exactly. until you're 25. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like every, every one of those like little five year, you know, gaps. It's yeah. like your values completely change. Absolutely. You know, and it's like, do you think a relationship is successful if it lasts forever? Or does or is it successful because it was great for the length that it has? Oh, well, I, oh, I mean, I think I think yes to both because I think that there is power in both of them because like there's power in growing together and moving through different seasons of your life and adapting and saying, I, I love this person. We're going to grow together and, and figure out different ways to love each other and ways to love each other. But I think there's also like people that come into your life that are for a season you know, and that doesn't mean that that's a bad thing because it ends. Right. You know, and you can be so happy for them and they can be so happy for you. Um, and it's a gift. For yeah. That and season. it's a gift. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at least for me, if I try to think of it too long term, it's taking away the appreciation for the season. That well, that's it's a in good now. point. Because then I might be with somebody because of where I think it might lead to in the future instead that's of where point. it actually is right here, right now. Ooh, I have a trouble with that. For sure. <laughs> I look at people's potential real Oh, big. me too. I always Woo! say, oh my God. No, everybody I've dated, I've ended up, we we had a lot of impact on each other. Yeah. that way. They helped nurture yes. me to be better, uh, nurture them to be better. And yes. that's great, you know? But it's like, yeah. Am I just thinking about, oh, this could be right. over there? Or it's like, you know, this is right. here. Or like, I, it's another thing that I do, I do is I'll be like, okay, I see all of the, potentially these things could be great. So I'm going to wait this out. Right. You know, I'm going like to wait till they change. Wait, wait till they clean, get their act together. Ooh, or like they're really busy or like whatever. They're going through a really busy season and whatever. And it's like, oh, that's fine. I go through busy seasons, too. Let me wait. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, it's like, where do you draw the line? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, where do you, where do Am you I living that for line? the now or for the future? Exactly. You do have to be patient. You have to, Absolutely. Life does happen. People yeah. die. People's family shit happens. Yeah. People go through tough times. But it's like, for sure. You know, who are you willing to go through a tough time with? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a. That's also and who do you good. want to go through a tough time with? How do they handle the tough time? Yeah. It's, it's easy to be that's happy when too. shit's going great. When everything's easy. And like also like I. It's so funny. Whenever I'm like busy work wise, like life just feels easier mental health wise. Right. Because like you're busy with things that you love to be doing. You love right. your career. We, we're, we get to be creative. We're doing all these things. When things are not busy, I dive way more into my personal life. Mm. And then. You know, you start overanalyzing things. Yeah. Like, at least I do. And then it's just, it's t it's tougher for some reason. But like it shouldn't be because there's less things. But you think maybe it's tougher because now there's less things distracting you. And now, yeah, that's fair. Because then you can see things really clearly. 
Yeah. Like being in a silent room. Yeah. Because I, I, I feel like my biggest addiction is phone. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, me too. I smoke a lot of weed, but phone yeah. affects me so much. I've only smoked weed one time in my whole life. Really? Yeah. And you work in the music industry? That's yeah. Isn't that funny? So like, How'd you pull that off? Because I'm a crazy person. Like, I just, like, don't, like, I also don't drink. So, like. That's incredible. I just live my, well, I will say, I'll have, like, one drink, like, a year. I'll, like, be like, oh, I'm going to go out with some friends. I'll have, like, one drink throughout the night. And, like, that'll be my time. And it'll yeah. be fun. But, like, in general, like, I'm chilling. But, yeah, in the music industry, it's very funny. Because especially when I lived in Atlanta and I'd work rap sessions. Are you oh kidding God. me? Hot box. <laughs> I'm, like, the only chick in the room. Is the computer. <laughs> and this is full of fucking weed and i'm just like <laughs> yeah, that's great that you managed to do that that's fantastic i just never i've never liked the feeling of feeling altered personally yeah I, I, and like i i and also the feeling of smoke in my lungs the I, right I oh know. being a vocal person yeah i just it always just freaked me out and i tried it one time and i hated it and then that's it and maybe i'll at another point in my life yeah. i'll really want to do that and then maybe i'll want to try edibles or do something else i just have like no desire to yeah, and that's I, fine. And you shouldn't shouldn't be pressured to doing that. It's so yeah. interesting, but it is funny in the music industry not doing that because everyone. It's you're definitely the such weird one. When, oh, when for you're sure. Not, they're like, wait, you don't do drugs? Okay, so in a, <laughs> in a young money session, this was so funny. So I I knew it was gonna be an all nighter, and it's like all these guys right. and and like healthy snacks because I'm like, how am I gonna get through this? I haven't done all nighter in a while. So I had like baby carrots and like different like fruits and stuff like bowls of stuff around. And this one rapper comes in. He's like this huge dude. And he's like, yo, who brought the baby carrots? And I was like. <laughs> he's just like yo i fuck with you <laughs> like, taps me up. And then they all liked me because i had baby carrots and i was like six 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 <laughs> that's great um yeah for me i i was straight edge till i was like 21 or so like i didn't do anything yeah. as a kid and then i tried drinking and partying a lot in my 20s yeah um i didn't get into really deep into weed into my mid-20s and then i stopped drinking as much but i definitely had a phase where i partied a lot i tried yeah. basically everything and um a lot of it came from just wanting to experiment but mostly because i had like social anxiety and it was yeah. like i wanted to feel expressive i know in industry settings yeah because i had a lot of i was just self-conscious a lot yeah you know? absolutely and then um once i found psychedelics oh, it had a big impact okay. on everything else like once i found psychedelics i stopped caring about drinking as much wow, okay. or partying with other stuff because it helped me tap into like a truer part of myself yeah it makes sense you know um, and then also I, I just didn't like the way a lot of other stuff felt, you yeah, know, like fair. I tried it, I partied it, you know, I've tried Coke, I've tried Molly and, um, I think you could probably have some positive experiences if you do it right with Molly, like they use it for P PTSD therapy and mm -hmm. all that, but it's so addictive Okay. and it can give you so much of a crash Got it. to where now I really just prefer, like I like my weed and even that I'm trying to take down, barely ever drink and I like psychedelics from time to time. But I just don't I don't care to get drunk like that anymore. Like yeah. it's it's because now I'm I've connected to my social butterfly self. Yeah. So now I can actually be pretty social without needing anything. But it exactly. took a while for me to get there. But now I know what it feels like. Now yeah. it's like, okay, great. And I've also made some stupid mistakes being drunk too. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I don't want that. It's the yeah. there's no payoff. There's no payoff anymore. You know? I'm yeah. glad I tried it so I know what it felt like. It's Absolutely. like okay. But now, no, now I'm trying to tap more into like meditation. Yeah. You know, into the stillness. Yes. You know, especially being overstimulated. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And like, like even 
so like a month ago, I went out with a friend and mm-hmm. I drank for the first time in a while and I yeah. had a drink and a half, which is a <laughs> lot for me. And I was like, woo. And I was like the whole day, I was like, this is so fun. Why don't I ever do this? The next day we go to a comedy show and I like mm. someone, they buy me a drink because I was like, oh, because I was saying that I liked yeah. it the night before and I didn't drink any of it. So yeah. I was just like, no, I did that that yeah. night. Even though like at that time I was like, no, but I did have fun. Why don't I want to be drinking this right now? But I was like, okay, that was the time and place. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Like I, I used to drink like in college too. Like for like, I did like a year of that was fun, but then that was it. And also growing up singing in bars and clubs and things like that. And you watching saw so many people. Messy, messy, yeah, messy, messy. Messy. And you know what? Maybe we need to think, understand that whenever we take any substance, any yeah. substance, right? Even caffeine, right? Yeah. It's just a means to an end. Yes. And if we were to focus more on the end, yeah. like what is it that I'm, what is my outcome? Oh, my Having a good time. is to have a good time. Okay. What are all the ways I can have a good time? Exactly. And it doesn't have to be this way. No. Like you don't have to drink. Exactly. What you want is the effect that you think drinking will give you. It doesn't right. mean don't drink. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean drinking is bad or whatever, mm-hmm. right? But it's like the more I can focus on the outcome yeah. and, and set a healthy balance on my life. Like I just recently learned that like taking a nap before you go out is oh, the shit. Really? And instead of pounding caffeine before I go out. Like no, I'll just I do can't like, do pound caffeine. I'm a sensitive no, lady. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> like no. If I'm, if I'm going out, if I can just take a nice little lap before I go out. And I can actually catch myself like falling asleep and then maybe like um, just go for a run with my dog, yeah. you know, and then I'm good. Then I'm full That's of energy, great. Full of energy, you know, and it's like I remember a lot of times uh, what I would like when I would party is I wanted my heart rate up because I felt that if my heart rate would be up, I would mm-hmm. be like, yeah, let's talk, everybody. Oh, da, wow. Da, da, da. And, and it was like a way of like overcoming fear. Interesting. But then once I got into just exercising more, yeah. it's like, no, that's that actually does the trick. Yeah. Like if you're nervous do drop and do push-ups literally and then by yes. the time you're do it until you can't do anymore yeah and then tell me how nervous you are yeah <laughs> right? so it is, it's tricking your body and tricking yes. your brain to like reset there yeah and like that's the whole thing like too with me like i've never i one of the things that i did was yeah. i made myself start doing salsa dancing because nice. i used to have a really hard time doing things that i didn't feel like i was good at already which right. is so stupid because you like, then that, you don't that sense of significance of like yes. i'm great at this yes which is so dumb because then you don't try anything new right and so um this was like end of 2019 beginning of 2020 when i was like having that breakthrough of like i need to stop tying so much of my worth to my career and i had a lot of social anxiety that i needed to work through that i developed in those five years that i didn't notice because before that i was super extroverted super (laughs) outgoing i had like no social anxiety so um then i developed it and then i was like great gotta deal with that so um yeah that was one of the things and it's so funny because like dance too like i'm not like anything but it's like really fun and i love taking dance classes and and connecting feeling more in your body too and confident in your your body and and movement there's just like something about that that like switches something in your brain it connects physically and mentally when you move because a lot of times like you you know emotion is created by emotion Mm -hmm. and this is actually one of the things that tony robbins talks about right it's changing your physiology right so you doing salsa dancing is a part of that that's a state change Right. Just like meditation would be a state change mentally. Yeah. Right. Or like breathing changes your physiology. Yeah. Right. And that's what a lot of times when people go to smoke cigarettes is because they want to go outside and take a deep breath. Wow. Right. So they think they're addicted to the cigarettes, but they're addicted to just going outside and breathing and taking a woosa. Wow. Right? So you can just train people to just go outside and just breathe more. That's they're getting point. the same thing because a lot of times they feel like they can't go outside until they smoke. Right. right. So you doing the dancing, it's like it's literally like our body and our minds are together. Yeah. They're not separate. You yeah. know, and if we're just sitting at a computer all day editing 
or yeah. engineering. And it's like, why am I depressed? It's like, because I'm staying exactly. still. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But there was a point when I was like super, super like, all I'm doing is my career, blah, blah, blah. I got myself a desk treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> that I put my desk on sit stand legs, and so I would walk when I would edit because I'd how edit like fourteen hours I a thought day. About doing that, how how is that? It's great. It was good for that time, but now I'm just like I will leave and go on a walk. Okay, like that is a better but that's thing. That's hilarious. To do. But it's be like, very. If funny. I'm gonna stay here in this creative prison. It's like, <laughs> gonna be. <laughs> just gonna walk and edit. It's fine. But um, but yeah, that's. I like that. Yeah. I, I always thought that would be a good way to do therapy too. On a treadmill? Yeah, treadmill therapy. That's a good idea. I used to take do my therapy taking a walk because doing teletherapy is nice because you can oh, just like, walk like around. Better help or, like, or just like literally I would FaceTime with my therapist. That's yeah. how we did it during the pandemic. Yeah. So I would just go on walks. Yeah. And that helps. It the power does. of a walk, man, is like it great. Does. The power of a walk, man. <laughs> just kidding. Right? Well, it's like a, I think sometimes our problems feel so big that we yeah. think the solution also needs to be this complicated thing. Yeah, and, and it's not. The solution could just be take a walk. Eat. Get a nap. Sleep. Yeah. Like, I also, I love going to the ocean because it makes me feel small. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm just like, just go. Just the natural be. sound of the water. Yeah. And out. And it's just like, okay, my problems are stupid. Like, not, you know, maybe they not. But it's just like, it just makes you, it puts things in perspective. Because it's also the thing about being out here that you were talking about. It's like, we're all so in our own worlds. Yes. You know? And it's hard to get out of sometimes. Of the self-absorption. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially because most people, creative people in L.A. came here from somewhere else. Yeah. So most yeah. people that are artists in L.A. don't have a familial support system here. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just existing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, L.A. Oh, L.A. I like it. You know? I like it too now. People talk shit about it, but I know you can find shitty shit anywhere. You know what you I mean? Can. You can find assholes anywhere. You can yeah. take your depression to any state in America. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah. It, it's it may not be for everybody no but it's not that like like if you can't be happy here you, what are you gonna be that much happier in texas or something it's like maybe if that was meant to be but a, a lot of it it's it's us right yeah because i've been you know when i'm tapped into my happiness yeah i can be happy in any circumstance. oh absolutely it could be traffic yeah things would be going wrong yeah but when i'm not tapped into my happiness Things would be going great. And yep. I, I still find something to complain about. Absolutely. It's like, oh, it's what I'm tapped into. Yeah. You know? But I, I will say something that is different, like, I f that I feel living here versus somewhere else. Like, I do feel, one, I feel like L.A. is you just have to find your people. And once yes. you find your people, mm -hmm. it's cool. But when I lived in Atlanta, for example, I had, like, a group of friends and we would do game nights all the time or go hiking all the time. Yeah. And, like, None of them worked in entertainment. They worked for the CDC. They were electrical engineers or math like professors. People, like yeah. just like normal, you know, right, normal jobs, yeah. you know, <laughs> like not creative jobs. Yeah. And I, I think also because of that structure that they had, it was easy to plan things like that. Like, right. like a biweekly game night or like these hikes. Like we did that stuff all the time here. I have amazing friends. You barely see them oh because God. everyone is trying to accomplish so much, which is amazing. But it's also because like it's so hard to survive here. I yeah. think everyone is just always go, 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 It's hard go, to sync up schedules. Yeah. Half my friends are on tour. The other yes. half are working at different times of the day or exactly. whatever. It's like, yeah. And it's amazing, right? It's mm -hmm. amazing to have like, and that's why these people are in your life. Like they're similarly driven, driven and like yeah. you're so happy for them. But it's just, it is a different kind of thing when you have 
it's, it's just a different kind of friendship that happens here. It is. I don't know. It's different than normal friend friendships. When people have yeah. like a nine to five, it's predictable. Yeah. You could say, hey, Thursdays at seven, we do this exactly. thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And here it's like, oh, my client called. I do this. Like, you can have <laughs> plans two weeks out and then that's a wrap, especially when you work in this industry. It's yeah. like you get a call and you're like, that's it. Yeah. It's almost like you have to develop thick skin when people oh, for sure. don't show up. You like, just have to. you invite to. people out, maybe have Maybe they come. Exactly. Maybe. maybe. You just have to like accept it. Just throw the plants into the air. Yeah. <laughs> See who catches it. That's like the cool thing about the dance community that I found now too. Mm -hmm. Like I've made a bunch of new friends from that. And like last night after class, we went to their place and we did a game night. And that That's was so awesome. fun. That was the first game night I've done since I've been here. And Where I was do you like, go dancing? Um, at Soho Dance. Okay. It's, sure it's a salsa studio. Oh, okay. Nice. They have one in Westwood and one in Sherman Oaks. Do you ever go to like the socials, socials? Yeah. yeah so i go yeah. to sophie tell on wednesdays oh yeah I sometimes that like not yeah, all yeah. Time. monkey fox is a little scary right now so i haven't been going but i love sophie tell on wednesdays uh they have the live band and yeah. it's great and then um the victorian on thursdays yeah i like cool. that la has a lot of get like art get together every, things to do yeah oh my god there's like a place to go dancing like every day of the week except for kind of fridays but then this Friday, there's like three big things going on for salsa. There's so much know. to do here. Yeah. My family came to visit me a couple of weeks ago and they haven't been here in like a decade. So mm -hmm. I gave them like a grand tour of L.A. Yeah. And I was like, wow, there's a lot of shit to do here. Like sometimes you just get jaded into, you know, just whatever. You get into your pattern yeah. of just doing the same thing. But yeah. like, let me show them a good time. Yes. And then I was like, wow, there's a lot to do here. Well, and that's it's like, the thing. And crunch them into like a weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. And like uh, that's how I found like my favorite. Some of my favorite places to go. I had a friend visiting and I was like. I don't know where to take them. And so I asked all these different people I knew. I was like, where are your favorite places in LA? Cool. And I made a Google Doc. <laughs> <laughs> we, like, went through them. And now it's like, okay, that's how. You made a Google Doc. Of course I did. Because I'm a crazy person. hilarious. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You're an analyzer. I I am. You. A passionate, <laughs> emotional analyzer. Well, cause, okay. Because I also really like to be prepared. And I want to, if, I'm, if I have free time and like I'm taking my friend to like go do something, I want to optimize the experience that we're going to have. You know, like. <laughs> I know it sounds like so stupid, but it's like if you know of a great place to get food that they've never tried before and you I have like blankets in my car and like, you know, so we can go sit on the beach and like I have speaker and like just stop. Like, it's just like fun. I, I like, like to like you're prepared. Be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. I, I love this, uh, this chat that we're having. here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> About it started with career and then mental health and now just L.A. sightseeing in my Google Docs. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's the journey of being a professional artist out here. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. I really um, am inspired to share in this yeah. podcast. I think there's just a lot of people in the world going through stuff and yeah. not that this is going to solve any problems, but maybe just show people examples of different ways yeah. you can live your truth and yeah. live a, a life doing what you love. Absolutely. Still struggle. Yeah. Still got to deal with real shit. Absolutely. Mental health, family. Yeah. All that stuff, you know, but it's like there's no right or wrong way to do a, a, mm -hmm. a life or a creative career. Yeah. You know, so it's nice hearing from you and, yeah, thank and what you your for path has too. been. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we need, when we have a game night, we'll let you know. Oh, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> let me know. I have so many games. I'm ready. <laughs> what kind of games do you usually play on game night? Um, so I love Taboo. Um, and also never when I that. you never played Taboo. No. It's the one where like you have two teams and you have to describe the word that's at the top of the card without saying any of the other words on the card. Okay. Okay. It's really fun. But then if you get like more on the nerdy side, I used to play Settlers of Catan all the time. What's that? You never played that? No. It's just like it's kinda like people say it's like risk. I've never played risk, but you know risk. <laughs> it's a strategy game. Okay. But it, there's like a bunch of different iterations of it. And it's just 
It's a good time. It's definitely a little bit more nerdy of a good time. Yeah, but I but love I dig it. it. I, I dig it. it. <laughs> it's like an actual game night. Yeah, yeah, it's an yeah. Game. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's nice to get people together to do stuff. Yeah, I used to do a lot of game nights. I haven't done one in a few months. It's crazy. The older I get, you blink, time goes by. Well, that's what like it is. That. I'm like, how is it that you know, end of August now? I don't know if yeah. I should say that. Cause yeah, it's okay. We can time it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. Because I remember. When I was younger, I used to plan things out like by the week and all that. Yeah. Now I'm thinking like in year spans, I know. right? Because things, time flies. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. And also with the pandemic, because it feels like we're in like the sem, like it's kind of over, but then it's like things keep happening. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like that those two, these two years of time, it's just so interesting, especially 2020. I feel like it doesn't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That was like such a, what was that time? What Especially a monkey a wrench into all of our lives. Yeah. Right? Like psychologically, just also being inside and not socializing as much. Yeah. I don't and know. in our career. For a loop. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like not knowing, cause all my work was session work. And right. so like, it just stopped for a while, Wow. you know, before people understood, like, you know, you, before you start figuring out how to do things virtually and whatever, but I don't know how it worked for you. Like, did everything stop for you for a minute? Yeah. That's why we started a whole new business and launched yeah. the app. Selling wow. Our own content. Yeah. That's amazing. Our outside production stopped. So then we just started selling our own stuff and now that's, that's our main great. business. So business wise, it actually worked out really well for us in the pandemic yeah. because everything we were doing stopped. We were forced to shift yeah. and the shift ended up being like a really good shift. Great. But personally it was hard as fuck. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, especially being a social person. Like, yeah. I, I feel so out of practice and hanging out with people. Same. Yeah. It's okay. So I was laughing because when I went to that comedy show that I was telling you about, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I we went to the comedy show. Then they wanted to go get drinks after. And I was really tired because I had gone out the night before, too, when I had my drink and a half. Big day. Um, and I, I have a hard time being like, I'm tired. I want to go home. Right. I will wait until everyone else is like ready to go. And so I literally had a moment where I was so, I guess I was just so out of social practice and I was really just trying to be a social lady. And I just like, at one point people walked away for a second and I just like bent down. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> instead of just saying, Hey, I'm tired. I want to go home. Why wouldn't I just say that? But I feel like I was just so out of social practice. I was just like trying so you, hard. Cause you, you weren't being a social lady. <laughs> trying to be a social butterfly. Oh, <laughs> didn't work. <sighs> Hey, Mr. Yeah. Braz, are you ready to go for a walk, buddy? <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. Holy sh He's like, first of all, don't say that if you don't mean it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Simone, um, we've been going for an hour and a half already. Oh, amazing. Oh, we have flown. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming through. Thank you so much for having me. I this was lovely. I appreciate sharing the vibes. Um, what last words would you like to share for any up and coming? Let's, let's make it specific. Yeah. Female artist right Ooh. Uh, uh, any females that want to be in the industry either behind or in front of the mic yeah you know and they're aspiring to yeah. to make a career out of it what have just unleashed whatever you yeah. want to unleash as a message to them yeah so i think that it can be really daunting trying to get into the technical side of things just because there aren't you can maybe not see too many people that look like you doing it or it can feel like where do i start i don't know whatever whatever but just do it just figure it out. Everyone starts from somewhere. Um, you know, I used to be the person that knew nothing about this stuff. And then you study for long enough and people start asking you the questions and then things flip. So like whatever you want to achieve, you can achieve. You just have to do it. Um, be that being like you need a better recording setup and you need to learn um, 
like what compression is, EQ, reverb. I always tell artists that I work with, especially female artists, to learn how to record themselves on some level at home because not saying you're going to get like the most incredible recordings, like even if that's not your goal, but developing that terminology on how to communicate what you need or what you don't like in a studio is so important and is really going to help you in your career. And then beyond that too, one more thing I want to say that I always say, um, for people that are trying to get into the engineering field or the production field, it's your technical skill set that's going to get you in the room, but it's your personality and how you treat people that'll keep you there or not. Because creating music is such a personal and fun thing and no one wants to create with someone that's a bad vibe. So just be a good human. It'll help. I love that. Because that, that is true, you know, because you're not going to even get in the room if you can't solve the problem. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So first learn how to solve that problem. Yeah. But then realize that you have you're also a person. Yeah. A human being. You are contributing, especially in an artistic world. Yeah. It's not like you're an accountant. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It's like your personality could change the actual end product. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well Thanks. I'm excited that we got to talk. Me too. Thanks and for I'm excited me. to see you continue growing and hopefully we'll Thanks. do some game nights. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I'm so down for game nights. Well, thank you guys for watching. And where can they follow you at? Um, I, I am Simone Torres on Instagram, on TikTok, and my website is SimoneTorres.com. Bada boom. Well, thank you guys for watching. New episodes every week.